We are here with Thomas Ryan Lawrence, and we are going over toxic workplace emails from our DobbyCrimmons.com, Dobby the Scapegoat, contact email. Thomas is from GBA Equality Foundation and an HR rep, so he has all the knowledge that we need. And now we're going to be talking. What if I go that far? (laughs) (laughs) All of it. Building it up a little bit there, All of the knowledge. We're keeping all of these anonymous, so if you want to write us and ask us questions, we will keep you anonymous. Our next one is from Matthew, in quotes. So, fake name, keeping you anonymous. If you would like Thomas Ryan Lawrence to answer your workplace toxicity questions as best to his ability, go to davicrimmons.com slash contact or davithescapegoat.com and click contact and you can send us your questions. All right, Matthew wants to know, how do I be a supportive ally when microaggressions are happening at work? Hey, Davi, been following your story closely and listening to all of your podcast episodes. I love this pod. You're my new favorite. Blah, blah, blah. All right. He says uh, he says some stuff about my last job. And cool. So thank you, We're Matthew. Skip over for that. The, yeah. Look at, uh, hashtag hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Matthew says, anywho, reaching out to you about some workplace drama and I need advice. I work for a pretty big and reputable company in Atlanta, so I'm going to keep it anonymous. Let's say that Mark is a well-known problem in the office. He has a history of comments and behaviors that are unprofessional, rude, and unnecessary, but generally not flagrant policy violations. Uh, He usually chalks these issues up to having a different sense of humor. So Mark often gets his hands slapped, and then he simmers down for a little while. Enter Monica, who is much younger and a very traditionally attractive and pretty athletic gal. Mark thinks he is friends with Monica because she's a cordial person, and she dislikes confrontation. Uh, And she's relatively new, and she moved from out of state, so she doesn't know many people yet. Mark starts to talk to her a lot more than is welcome. Monica wants to be nice, so she endures the conversations to be polite. Mark sometimes crosses boundaries with her by asking intrusive questions about her personal and dating life. Note, Mark has been married for at least 15 years. Of but, course he has. <laughs> so he's, he's a little... I guess he's bored. It's like he's like, tell me things, Monica. So Monica's not confident enough to tell him that his microaggressions are making her feel uncomfortable. Plus, she's new, and women were just like, we're just supposed to be accommodating and not make waves. We've talked about this on the mm-hmm. podcast before. So multiple people around Monica overhear their conversations and agree that Mark is out of pocket and can tell Monica was uncomfortable from her tone alone. Monica does not go to HR or her boss because she has to work with Mark on an intermittent basis and doesn't want to create tension or confrontation. She's also mindful of not being labeled that difficult girl. Don't want to be the difficult girl or she's called too sensitive. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm like, is it? Are you, so you guys aren't dicks. It's just how I've been called. That. Yeah, it's too just sensitive. <laughs> how everyone, everyone's too sensitive. You're not insensitive. Got it. So she's the new kid on the block in a male dominated office and profession. Know what that's like. And though she's unaware that most of her colleagues and even management are not fans of Mark. Mark is a frequent flyer with HR. Eventually, Mark does cross a clear line with Monica and violates a policy in a very public way, which is reported to HR by Monica's colleagues. Mark is reprimanded with a note in his file. That's it. Because Monica is now uncomfortable around Mark, she avoids him or does not speak much when he engages with her. She does not tell him directly to leave her alone, but it's clear that she does not want to talk to him. And she often redirects their conversations back to work-related items. Good for her. Suddenly, Mark now has his own policy complaints for HR that are obviously directed at Monica because it's about women and she's the only woman on our team. 
One is specifically about Monica's clothing not conforming to the company's policy and items of clothing being too tight and too see-through. Monica has been wearing the same clothes since she first started. No one has said anything, not even her own manager. But because she's the only woman in her group, she's held to a different dress code at standards for shirt length. Monica's clothes are not see-through or even particularly tight. I know because I sit next to Monica's office and I see her daily. In fact, we are on an entirely different floor than Mark, and Mark does not often even see Monica in person unless he seeks her out by coming down to her office. Now Monica is being told to wear longer skirts. She has to go out and buy larger shirts to cover her ass because Mark can't help but look at it. My role in this is primarily an onlooker because my office is near Monica's. I overhear many conversations and others chatting with her about this repetitive issue. I've checked in with her on a few occasions to make sure she's okay or to disrupt conversations with Mark when it was clear to me she was uncomfortable. And she has thanked me on these occasions. And she's shared some of her experiences, like with that recent dress code complaint. Monica doesn't know it, but I'm actually one of the people who reported Mark to HR. I can't give the details because it's simply too specific. Ooh, please, off the record, I'm dying to know. I hate that. (laughs) I'm like, we got you anonymous. But like you said, some of these companies, I mean, as I'm reading it, I'm like, this sounds like a company I've worked for. Is it them? You know, so it's probably good he doesn't give us any details because we're already going crazy as it is. All right. So the details are too specific, so we can't have all of them. Matthew says... I now feel responsible for Mark's retaliation to Monica because he clearly thinks it was Monica that complained about him. Should I tell her it was me, or should I stay out of this whole thing moving forward? I'm a man that was raised by a strong woman. I have a young daughter, so I'm a passionate feminist, and I believe strongly in creating an inclusive and safe work environment. This situation seems like sexual harassment to me, and I'm not about it. I know it's not my business, and I'm not their boss, but it's very challenging not to blow the whistle and turn a blind eye to blatant harassment. It's very challenging for some people, but for some people it's easy. Mm. They sleep just fine at night. Mm -hmm. Yet now that I and others have said something, it seems retribution has resulted in worse consequences for the female victim. Though not identical to your recent situation, I thought you might relate and be in a good position to provide some advice. How can I be supportive and helpful ally in these situations? I feel so helpless, so I can only imagine how awful and embarrassed Monica feels having to come in every day and be scrutinized for her clothing. I'm so sorry she and other women have to put up with this garbage and be made to feel uncomfortable and singled out in their place of employment because of male fragility. (laughs) Surely we can do better than this. Sincerely, Matthew. Oh, Matthew, Matthew, (sighs) Matthew. I've got so much to say. He had he had so much to say. It gives us so much to say. Yeah. I'm proud of him for pointing it out. And I know that I know that he says reporting him made it worse for her and he's feeling bad about that, but I still don't think that's bad. Like no. because all I've noticed my whole life is that I can sit there and go this person hurt me. It's hurting the company. It's doing it doesn't matter for me. It isn't until 
a man speaks up for me. I had an old manager that was like, you're doing like a whole 60 days no makeup thing. I'm like, yeah, it's for a bit. And he's like, okay, I guess you're still young enough to get away with that. But you know, in radio, we should really blah, blah, blah. And he had all these opinions on how my face should look. And I was like, man, I got into radio because you fuckers couldn't see me. And now (laughs) you're putting cameras in the studio and that's fine. I still think I'm fucking cute. But the point is- You're adorable. We have a large female audience that would love to know oh, I don't have to wear makeup every day. I don't need to try that hard. And I think that's what I was attempting to do. And I was just bringing out toxic masculinity by being comfortable in my own skin. It really bothered this person that I wasn't going to do that. And I was was being friendly and cordial and being like, oh, that's a nice opinion. Good, good for you, good. Because I was very, like, accommodating to these kind of attitudes when I first started working there. And a guy that worked there, his name was Chase. He was like, what the fuck? And it wasn't until he went, are you serious, dude? Yeah. That the manager goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is the, Oh, oh, am I about to get me too? Am I canceled? You know, like it goes into that. But he did not at all recognize my uncomfortableness or me going, no, thanks. I'm good. You know, and just be being very clear with my boundaries. He didn't recognize that until another man yeah. made it clear. And so that's why... I I'll know. say, no, not everyone's like that. There not are a lot everyone. of people that take feedback really well. Yeah. And when you say, hey, what you said to me was offensive. I mean, I've, I've been in meetings mm-hmm. where females, non-binary, transgender people will say, what you said, I, I don't believe you meant to be, but what you said was offensive to me. And what mm-hmm. I'll hear in return sometimes, and what I like to hear is, first, an apology. Mm-hmm. But if they truly don't understand what they said that was offensive, ask for an explanation. Okay. Um, we can't expect everyone to be fully informed and aware of our journey and our triggers. But what we should be able to strive for is that people are willing to learn about them if we say, hey, what you said hurt my feelings. And you'll watch as they work it out. So people will say stuff to me and and everybody's laughing and I go, what do you mean by that? And I know what they mean, mm. but playing dumb... Yeah. Then the whole group, then they go, they try to explain the joke and they realize it's just mean. Yeah. So as they're explaining the joke, the people that uncomfortably laughed are now going, oh, that guy's a prick. And I'm really like, I don't know why I laughed at that. So I think as women, non-binary, trans, everything. Because you're actually reinforcing the negative behavior. Yeah. But when you Um, tell someone to explain a joke, it will... um, their joke will backfire on them pretty quickly. So that is the best way to deal with that in a lot of ways. But I still think Matthew did a good thing by reporting it. He did. And here's the thing. So this is much more of what I I call a a paper HR case, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, when Matthew said eventually Mark does cross a clear line with Monica and violates a policy in a very public way, at that point, that needs to be reported. He said it was. Um, I hope it was reported in writing. A few tips about reporting incidences in writing. It's fine if you send it from your company email account. um, Because I know some companies have firewalls and stuff set up that if it doesn't come from internal, it gets put in a spam or a junk folder. Always CC your personal email. Yep. Because if anything happens... You need that. You need that. And as soon as your company, if for whatever reason they disable your access to your work email, you don't want all of that documentation to be gone. Mm -hmm. Um. 
I know that when I started going through all of my old emails and forwarding them to my personal account, I was fired shortly after that. And yep. it's and I also had <clears throat> notifications, hey, someone's signing into your email, you know. Mm, so yeah. I was like, oh, okay, they're looking at my outgoing mail and they're seeing that I'm stockpiling. Yep. Everything. Absolutely. So, and that's why. So, just copy your personal, email, and if yep. you don't want them to know that you're copying it, BCC yourself. BCC. That's fine. Yep. Because you're still going to have the date and the timestamps. Yep. Um, so and you're going to need that stuff. That's important. Um, now, Matthew comes back and says, you know, one thing that happened, you know, the the retaliation is what I'll call it against Monica for her clothing, not conforming to the company policies, items being too light or see through. So. The fact that Monica's been wearing the same clothes since she started and no one has said anything is kind of irrelevant. If her clothing was in violation of the company policy, she needs to make sure she's dressing to the policy. Mm -hmm. I would really like to dig deeper into that piece of it, though, and find out, like, okay, well, how is the policy different? I always have questions when it comes to clothing because how many times have we seen uh, teachers go viral because she was fired for wearing this outfit and yep. it's like this beautiful but you know a uh, shapely like voluptuous woman yep. and i'm like i have that skirt yep. i look nothing like that in it <laughs> because i don't i don't have that that kind of booty you know and right. so it's in a lot of ways two people can wear the exact same outfit and look entirely different. One can look like olive oil and one can look like yeah. just just beautiful, like she's, she just walked out of a burlesque show. Yeah. And it, when it comes down to complaining about that shirt isn't long enough to cover your butt and stuff, and I'm like, I bet it was it's long enough. It's just her body is shapely. So in a way, can some of these workplace policies, can they be fat phobic in ways? Can they be... Uh, body shamey they in ways, be. but yeah, they you can still be. need and to follow it. I mean, look, the direction that HR is heading as we continue, um, as we continue to expand into more gender nonconforming and and transgendered individuals joining and being openly represented in the workforce, we really should not be having gender specific dress codes mm -hmm. to start with. Yeah, and there's a lot of companies that are changing that. Um, Virgin Atlantic was one of the ones that made a huge splash. Oh, I remember that. And said, here is here are your uniform options. You can wear whatever you want. And as long as it meets these standards, right? It has to fit properly. Mm -hmm. You need to be well-groomed. You know, so very basic things. Um, then you can wear whatever you want. And I love it. I love seeing men or people that identify as male walking down the the airplane, you know, alleyway. Mm -hmm. In a skirt and high heels, yes. just rocking their shit. Yeah, because that's how they feel comfortable and confident going yes. to work. And if you don't like it, then don't fly Virgin Atlantic. How much more fun is it to be in an atmosphere where someone enjoys their job? Right, where someone is comfortable enjoying their job, and they're like, "You yeah. want some cookies, honey?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I do." Yeah, you're the happiest person that's ever offered me cookies. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's awesome. So, and you know, their job applications went up 100. percent It Aww. doubled in a very short period of that time. That makes me so happy because imagine all the all the kids that were like never thought about being a flight attendant for a second, but I yep. see hope in this environment for, for people like me. Yeah. So based on this alone, you know, talking about it, let's just take the shirt covering the ass part. If that's a 
serious comparison. <laughs> like, my first thing would be like, okay, well, men are allowed to tuck in their shirts. Yeah. So, shirts don't cover asses. Yeah, that's, that's what pants are for. Right. That's why we wear <laughs> pants. Right? So, if the shirt has to cover my booty, then I might just come to work without pants. Yes. Yeah, um, you want her in some kind of frock or potato sack then. Right. And that's... So, that's a little iffy. Um, now, the, I overhear conversations, others chattering with her about this repetitive issue. So, here's the thing. Bullying is, you know, humiliation, threats, intimidation in the workplace. It's typically uh, focused on an, an individual, so one mm -hmm. person. Hostile work environment is when that bullying is either severe, so really, really, really bad, or so per pervasive, so repetitive, that it's enough to create a work environment that a reasonable person would consider intimidating, hostile, or abusive. Mm -hmm. So that's a big key right there, right? A reasonable person. So it can't just be the person that's being bullied. Right. Because they would go, well, you're being too sensitive. But if people around are noticing it, so And that's what Matthew's people, saying yes. here is that, you know, he's hearing other conversations with other coworkers. Everyone, it sounds like, is on board with it. This is unreasonable and, and hostile behavior. Mm -hmm. So now here's the kicker for a lot of people that they don't understand is how do you determine if that behavior is illegal? So if it's sexually based harassment, straight up, easy case, it's illegal. Mm -hmm. If it's anything non-sexual it, and it's not based on a protected characteristic, right? So, so that's your race, color, religion, national origin, sex, um, age, disability, or genetic information, mm -hmm. then it is technically legal to harass or discriminate against someone, which is why I always find it odd when an employee handbook says, this company strictly prohibits all illegal discrimination and harassment. Just the illegal stuff. Just the illegal stuff, though. Yeah. Nope. So, you know, you if I want to fire Dobby because she's short, <laughs> yeah. then yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's perfectly legal. Yeah. Um, in this case, what, what, it, what it appears to be is that this is a repetitive issue. Um, I don't know why Mark is only getting a slap on the hand mm. from HR, but the next steps that I would take as Matthew, because again, Matthew, I'm sure if you go and look at in your employee handbook, sounds like you're with a larger company. You guys have multiple floors in your building. Yeah. Um, good for you. And you have an office. <laughs> All right. And Monica has an office. Yes. That's nice. That's nice. Don't lose that for some douchebag downstairs, right. right? So here's the deal is usually in your employee handbook under the anti-harassment clause or anti-discrimination clause, it will talk about how to report an issue. And it should say if, you know, something along the lines of if you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the person that's being harassed to report it, yeah. number one. Um, and even to the point, I mean, I know in my handbooks, if you see or if you see harassment going on that's not involving you, we say you have a duty to report it mm. because that's how we run our workplaces. We want to make sure that, look, one bad apple could come in and start to screw things up. We recognize that the Monicas out there may not feel comfortable reporting it. Yeah. So that's where we need the Matthews to step up and be that ally and report it. And it's not always Matthew going, this is a bad person. Sometimes you're like, I think he even said we've chalked it up to that's his sense of humor. And you as a company owner, you, you're like, some people don't realize what's bullying. Like somebody right. can sit there and go, oh, 
their big nose, make fun of their big nose. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, listen, I'm going to sit you down and say that maybe what you're saying could be seen by some people around you as anti-Semitic and maybe mm-hmm. kind of shitty. So maybe you should back off of that because there's bullying and stereotypes and all of these things. And you think it's your sense of humor. No one's told you this before. And then that person <laughs> go, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. I just thought like me and my guy friends always, you know, like that's our I. It's yep. all covered. I'm sorry. Thank you for telling me. But that's what I like about a, a policy, because I don't think any of that was when in my work <laughs> handbook. Uh, but for yours to say it's your duty to speak up yeah. and tell us, like, see something, say something. Because some people have managers where they're like, we want you to come to us for anything. And yeah. some people are like, that's actually a red flag because they want to know who's going to be the squealer, if you will. Mm, um, yeah. Like who's who's going to be a tattletale and then they can mark that person as the problem. Uh, but I just adamantly believe that the only way for us to do good business and enjoy our jobs is by knowing it's our duty to stand up for each other yeah. in these situations. Absolutely. And look, it's also, you know, if you're the person filing the complaint, HR typically needs to update you on the outcome. Now, here's the thing. They don't have to be specific. Mm -hmm. So what they can say is, we did our internal investigation. We reprimanded Mark. Even if you're the the complaining individual, uh, like you're the person that it happened to, you actually don't have a right to know what that reprimand was. Hmm. um, Because that's, that's now an HR issue. Gotcha. But they, they need to update you and let you know that action was taken. And then if it happens again, you know, again, Matthew, if he was the one that reported it the first time and he sees it continuing to happen, he should make another report in writing, copying his personal email address to say, I'm following up on the previous incident. You told me that he was reprimanded. The behavior is not changing. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, affecting people in our company. Um Please let me know how the situation is going to be handled. And Matthew needs those blind copied emails to himself just in case he is made the scapegoat for these complaints. It will also help protect Monica from further retaliation. Okay, cool. That's something that he can say to, hey, I'd I'd noticed or I heard that, you know, there's a dress code issue. It sounds, it's oddly timed and I just want to make sure it's not retaliation for the complaint that was filed. Perfect. Against you And know, he Mark. doesn't I think he did say, should I tell her that I'm the one? Yeah, so that's a personal decision. Yeah. Um here's how I approach these situations. I approach it very similar to the way that I approach philanthropy. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I like to we're, we're very philanthropic. We like to give back to nonprofits, scholarship programs, anything that we can because we realize that we have worked hard in our lives and have money to give back mm-hmm. um, and also recognize that part of the way that we got to where we are is our privilege as being that. two white men. Um, so just like we don't go out, like we don't do donations to get the public credit. Oh, yeah. For it, right? Yeah. We're like, please don't put our name on a wall. Don't do anything like that. Yeah. Um, or the this... people that get the phone ready, get the phone ready. I'm going to go give my leftovers to this guy <laughs> right. on the bench outside. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, put it on TikTok. Yeah, let me put it on Instagram. Cool. No. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how we're rearing our son as well. It's, you know, you don't need to document every good deed you do in your life. That's not why you're doing it. Yeah. And Let's good really deeds, look at why we're doing it. Yeah. We look at good deeds. They still make us feel good. So yep. there is a little bit, like, they still make us feel good, but it's like true altruism is not expecting everyone to thank you for the thing. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So on that note, I wouldn't. Um, 
I now his question was, should I tell her it was me or should I stay out of this whole thing moving forward? Mm. I don't think that you need to tell her unless you really want to. And I don't think that you should stay out of this whole thing moving forward. No, you've had a really good like eyesight on it the whole time. Yeah. So you've been there absolutely. from the beginning. So I think it's good, you know, and especially when you say it's it's challenging not to blow the whistle and turn a blind eye to blatant harassment. This is one where you may need to double down a little bit and start using some HR language. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that snaps an HR professional into listening when they get an email from a non-HR person that has HR language. Oh, in it. shit. Okay, you're going to give us like, another sentence. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, they're like, okay, clearly they're talking to a friend in HR. And look, yeah. you could piss off the HR person by doing it. But the whole point is if... If you've taken another approach and it's not achieving a result, Mm -hmm. if nothing's being done, you know, Matthew's saying that he's getting slaps on the wrist. Why? Why is he getting just slaps on the wrist? That that's concerning, especially if he's a frequent flyer to HR. I didn't know if that meant frequent flyer, like he's always talking to them and they're all friends. No, that that usually means frequent flyer is he's constantly in their office. Okay, just Uh, checking. So there's not, you know. Monica's probably not the only person complaining. Got it. So they're having to constantly have conversations. And I've had employees like that mm-hmm. um, where it finally comes down to, look, the next time you're in my office, it's it's gonna we're going to be saying goodbye to each other because mm. we've had this conversation too many times. Yeah. And in a woman in a male-dominated field, she's not going to want to advocate for herself. It's just she might it's not. too sticky. I so. mean, some women will. Uh, yeah. My best friend is a female pilot. Um, she spent the better part of 15 years doing private jets and now just went to a major airline she is someone that in a male-dominated field has never had a problem advocating for herself but that's part of her personality yeah she's always been a really strong woman yeah so um with this you know the trigger if you're not getting what you expect in response is hey you know basically you're sending in that complaint via email if you don't hear anything back you follow up if you don't hear anything back then that's where you start using hr language okay I've made several reports of, you know, possible harassment repeatedly from one individual and have not seen the behavior change. I'm now requesting a meeting in person to talk about this. Mm. Um, Because if you make it clear that you reached out to the organization repetitively, the behavior's not changing, and it, it appears as though nothing's being done, you haven't been notified about an internal investigation, anything like that then that puts the company at liability. Gotcha. Because they should be moving swiftly on this. Yeah. When you're dealing with harassment, bullying, hostile work environments, if you are an organization that is really putting people first, um, you should be moving very swiftly. Okay. So If the company is taking Matthew's words to heart and they're approaching Monica with those words and saying, do you feel unsafe here? Do you? Would you like to work from home? Has, has Mark made you so uncomfortable? Would you say that she should take that opportunity to work from home? Or is that almost a setup to see if she is difficult? Or if I wouldn't she's... think it's a setup. I think it's a poor solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. So if, if all things stay the same, right? So Mark is a frequent flyer to HR. What they're doing is they're creating an accommodation for Monica. So she she doesn't feel threatened. She doesn't feel unsafe. But they're not doing anything to change Mark's behavior. So what happens Mm -hmm. when 
Angie starts at the company next month or, you know, Mary Beth. And they just or whoever. Sorry, all the women gotta work from home. We gotta Yeah, we gotta, that's not we gotta okay. Bear no. in the office. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, <laughs> it's a wrong idea of an accommodation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I I agree, but I I've been in that situation where it was okay, so mm-hmm. these behaviors aren't changing, they have escalated. Uh do you feel like you wanna work from home? Do you feel unsafe? And I talked about it with my husband and we were both like this is going to be if you accept this and don't go to work and you work from home it's going to be made like you are the problem and you were being fragile white woman tears so I was like okay so even if I don't feel safe I thought it was nice that they offered that but I also think it'll bite me in the ass if I take that opportunity yeah. and I think it might even make it worse. So here's know? how I would handle that response. And one thing that I can say um just from experience is shorter answers, mm-hmm. more direct and work in a thank you somewhere in there um will go a long way because no one wants to listen to a seven minute explanation about why you don't want to work from home. Yeah. So if I was in that role and someone said, Hey Thomas, would you feel safer? You know, would you like to work from home so that you feel safe and and not, you know, conflicted and all that. So I really appreciate the offer and appreciate you thinking about my safety. What I would really appreciate is the opportunity to do the job that I was hired to do in the environment that I was hired to do it. Oh man. Very simple. I wish we knew each other. <laughs> this is great. All right. Because I, you have that right. Yeah. Every single employee out there. No, I don't want you to excuse their behavior mm-hmm. and rewrite policies and manuals. And now I'm working from, I want an opportunity to do the job I was hired to do where I was hired to do it. Yeah. And I, work with the clients I was hired to work with. When you feel on the outside, like the way that Mark makes Monica feel, yep. where it's like you are not safe to just walk freely in here in your own clothing i'm going to say something to make you uncomfortable every day because this is i have the power in this room more so than you you need to feel like you don't exactly belong here that's not true inclusivity which is what gba equality foundation is all about so the fact that i felt excluded and the fact that these fights and gossip and these things were happening i thought oh if i work from home i'm just excluding myself more and then i right and then I have no one to blame but myself. I I, I think communication helps this. So I think, and I think face-to-face communication helps this. So let me keep going to work. Plus, if the issue is somebody flipping out, I don't really want to leave the other women alone in studio Mm -hmm. with this person. So that was my answer, which was pretty short. (laughs) Probably not short enough. Right. Yeah, so keep your answers very short. Set your boundaries. You didn't hire me to work from home. That's, yeah, you didn't. I mean, and I... Everybody wants to feel comfortable and safe in the environment they were hired into. Yeah. And it shouldn't it shouldn't be this dramatic. Well, because a lot of us out there, you know, we pick which organizations, especially post-COVID, right? Yeah. We pick which organizations we're going to work with because of the work environment that is set up. So there are a lot of people now that have absolutely zero desire to go into an office. So if they take a remote job... And six months down the road, they're like, hey, we don't think that you're connecting with your leader enough. We want you to come into the office three days a week. 
I would say thank you very much for that opportunity. Mm. But I would like us to find a different solution because the job that I signed on for and the job I was hired to do and frankly the job I applied for was a remote position. Okay. So if we could talk about how me coming into the office three days a week is going to improve my KPIs or my overall performance, then I'm down for it. But if it's just so that I can have a better relationship with my leader – I'm going to respectfully request that we find a different solution. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it works both ways. Yeah, with, absolutely. Because there are a lot of people yeah. that really loved working from home. Especially and since COVID. Increased yeah. their their demand, like everything that they were doing. They they way more quality work and everything oh, getting I done. Oh, I love it. I and, love, we're, we're in the middle right now of hiring a program director to oversee all of our Q plus workplaces. Yeah. Because we've just, we've grown so quickly. I mean, we've got 11,000 open jobs available right now and, nice. you know, a ton of students that we're working with. And rather than being bound to the metro Atlanta market, because that's where I am, and don't get me wrong, I love my Atlanta peeps, you can still apply. It's giving us such a wider net to throw to really find the right person for that role that we don't have geographical boundaries now. I love so that. I love it. Yeah. And that Thank so you, Zoom. it works both ways. Thank you, Zoom, for helping <laughs> all of us work from home. And yeah, it works both ways. They want you to come back into the office, but you don't need to. And you have on paper a ability to prove that doesn't help me at all. If the boss is just tired of walking around and yelling at empty cubicles, <laughs> like just old man yells at cloud again, you know, kind of thing. Like, well, first of all, let's not that's his... walk around the office and yell at yeah, Let's start there, ideally, whether the no. cubes have people in them or not. <laughs> walking around just yelling makes you look crazy. It does. I think we got all of Matthew's questions. Mm-hmm. I hope we covered all of it. And Matthew, give us an update when you can. Let us know how Monica's doing. We're really worried now. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was awesome. Again, if you want to give to GBA Equality Foundation, you can go to bit.ly slash Davi Helps Queer Youth, and that link will always be available to donate to. Or you could donate directly at gbaequality.org. That's a direct donation. There's a link right there on the page to give them a donation. And, of course, if you can volunteer some time, they're always looking for helpers. We are. You can email me directly, thomas at gbaequality.org. Thank you again for being with us today, Thomas Ryan Lawrence. I always love having you in. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast. And I can't wait to get some more questions to DaviTheScapegoat.com. Go to contact and say, hey, Thomas. You know, just put the subject, hey, Thomas, and I will save all of these and we will have Thomas back to answer all your questions. And one more extra special thank you goes to our episode sponsor, AG1 by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 to help my overall health, to build my foundation, to get better digestion, to get better energy. And guess what? It's working. And I know you guys have heard my husband Blair getting on to me about packing way too much when we go on the road for comedy tours. I've gotten a lot better about packing less shoes and less clothes. But there's always room in my bag for my travel essential, AG1. I just throw like five of the travel packs in my bag and I'm good to go. I bet there's room in your purse right now for some AG1. I bet there's room in your day to start treating yourself a little bit better. And you might be thinking, Athletic Greens, I'm not an athlete. It's not just for athletes, it's for everyone. Are you a parent that is constantly moving and going and sometimes you only have enough time to eat a couple of your kids' goldfish crackers before you have to run from appointment to soccer practice to next appointment? You need AG1 in your bag. Maybe you're a college kid and you're trying to study for midterms and you are just exhausted. Where is the energy going? You can get it back, trust me. I started taking AG1 because I wanted wellness. I wanted to facilitate some good habits in my life. 
I wanted to feel better, especially after a very hard year. So maybe you're dealing with some kind of toxic relationship and someone is making you feel not good enough. And maybe, just maybe, you started to actually believe it. Well, it's time for you to feel good again. It's time for you to feel better. One scoop of AG1 in a 12 ounce glass and you've got over 70 vitamins and nutrients and less than one gram of sugar. It's the most effective way to get your supplements, so easy to digest, and you're gonna start feeling good quickly. If you wanna take ownership of your health today, it's a good time to get started. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash Davi. That's athleticgreens.com slash Davi. Check it out today. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to your new favorite podcast, Davi the Scapegoat. Maybe you'll think twice before you go try.